Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. I have a couple of announcements. One is that remind everyone to register for Vacation Bible School. There is a link on our church website to the Vacation Bible School registration page. Hard copies of the registration form are available on the table uh, in the, at, the, at the entrance to FLC and in the hallway outside children's Sunday school rooms. Harriet. Harriet wants to talk to us about Relay for Life. If you've never been to Relay for Life, you should go, when they, especially when they do the, when the lights go down and you walk around. It was a very moving experience for Brenda and I. Brenda's dad died of cancer. And her Good morning. Um, I do want to thank you all for participating in Relay for Life. We had a wonderful night to be out there on the track, and we had a nice crowd of people and a lot of the members were there. Um, you know that as a team you're supporting cancer research and you're supporting um, services for cancer patients. Um, as a team we had 131 lighted luminaria on the track and it is a beautiful time to um, be there and remember um, all those that, that have struggled with cancer. Um, our pineapple candy, Reverend Watson, um, participated in the pageant and did a nice job, dignity and grace. Um, Caroline, uh, and it was hard to be dignified in that crowd at, at that particular time, so he did, he did very well. I think Facebook, you can check out the pictures. Um, Caroline Watson's flip-flops won the contest, and so that added $190 to our total. Um, so we, and the tires are still rolling. If they haven't made it to your house yet, maybe they're on their way, and they'll just roll until they're flat. So we just can continue to add. We go through August um, with fundraising. I'm very proud. We are, as Friday night, we're in second place as a team with um, our dollars raised. Um, we have raised $8,272.88. That's Memorial, and I am so proud. Um, the community has, uh, we are over $109,000. 115 is the goal. So we're moving in the right direction, and it's all uh, because you care so much, and we want our cancer patients to know that. So thank you very much.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. God of wind, word, and fire, we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth, through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated, and at this time I'll direct you to the confirmation insert in your bulletins, and I would call the confirmants and those who are assisting me to come forward at this time. Today is Pentecost Sunday, the day that is considered the birthday of the church uh, when the Holy Spirit descended as promised by Jesus Christ to his followers. And on this special Pentecost Sunday, we're also doing confirmation. And the class is before us here. If you will follow along and respond where you have a chance to respond. The church is of God and will be preserved to the end of time for the conduct of worship and the due ministration of God's word and sacraments the maintenance of Christian fellowship and discipline, the edification of believers, and the conversion of the world. All of every age and station stand in need in, in, of the means of grace which the church alone supply, supplies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, we call upon thee for these thy servants that they come into thy holy confirmation, may receive remission of their sins, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive them, O Lord, as thou hast promised by thy well-beloved Son, and grant that they may be faithful to thee all the days of their lives, and finally come to the eternal kingdom which thou hast promised through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now I ask them the questions as they renounce sin and profess their faith. Do you truly and earnestly repent of your sins? Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? Do you promise, according to the grace given you, to keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in the same all the days of your life 
as faithful members of Christ's holy church. Sarah Catherine Lee, may the Lord defend you with His heavenly grace and by His Spirit confirm you in the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ. Brendan John Moore, may the Lord defend you with His heavenly grace and by His Spirit confirm you in the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jacob Thomas Scudder, may the Lord defend you with his heavenly grace, and by his Spirit confirm you in the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. James Allen Smith, may the Lord defend you with his heavenly grace and by his spirit confirm in you in the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Laurel Elizabeth Smith, may the Lord defend you with his heavenly grace and by his spirit confirm you in the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Now, if y'all stand up and y'all put this pose. Let me get my... And now, if y'all present the stoles, these stoles were made by these young people at the Lake Junaluska Confirmation Retreat. And they're very special to them, and they're to be used at, during confirmation. They're a sign of their confirmation. Now, this also not only makes them members of Christ's Holy Church, but members of this particular denomination. So I'm asked you this last question. Will you be loyal to Memorial United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? I will. Okay. To the congregation, brothers and sisters, I commend to your loving care these persons whom we this day receive into the membership of this congregation. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. Y'all turn around so that the congregation can see. Certificates. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations.
let me offer them a blessing. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless and preserve and keep you now and forevermore. Amen. At the end of the service, they're going to make their way back there so you can greet them officially and welcome them into Christ Holy Church as full members of this congregation. Thank you. invite the children and uh, the children's message person this day to come forward. Y'all know who I am, don't you? The method, message person. <laughs> Can you tell me um, what a role model is? Anybody know what a role model is? Someone that people stick up to, to look at, to see what to do. Yes. Okay. A role model is somebody that we admire and is an example and we want to be like them, right? Can you, uh, does anybody, can anybody here tell me if they have a role model? Jesus. You ruined my whole sermon. <laughs> Emma, your parents? Are you in trouble? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Our brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, okay. Well. You know, when I was about your age and I was growing up, I had role models too, and um, y'all are um, a lot better than I was, because I think most of my role models when I was about your age were sports people. I was really into sports. Um, but you know, when you have a role model who you really don't know, who's a, a sports person or some famous person, and sometimes they can disappoint you. Um, one of my role models growing up was a great baseball player who played for the New York Yankees. And his name was Mickey Mantle. And probably very few of you know who that is. But he was a great center fielder for the U New York Yankees. And he um, had a great arm and um, could run fast. But most of all, he hit lots and lots of home runs. And he hit them a long way. I think he still holds some records for the longest home runs. Um, he was really just larger than life. But later on, when I grew up, I realized that even though he was a great baseball player, he was not a very good person. Um, the teams that Mickey Mantle played on won several World Series back in the 1950s and 60s. Um, and on that team, there was a second baseman named Bobby Richardson, who was from South Carolina, as a matter of fact. He was a pretty good second baseman, um, but he didn't hit a lot of home runs, and he wasn't particularly fast, and he wasn't flashy, but he showed up every day and did his job. 
Well, at the time when I was growing up, I didn't know it, but there was another difference between these two men. Bobby Richardson was a dedicated Christian. Now, years later, after they played and had both retired, um, they stayed in touch with each other. And Bobby uh, actually coached at the University of South Carolina for a while and a couple of other schools. And uh, then he retired and uh, lives in Sumter, South Carolina right now. Well, Mickey, he continued to be a womanizer and a heavy drinker. He really didn't live his life very well, even after he was retired. Well, in 1995, Bobby flew out to Dallas, Texas to see Mickey Mantle. And he went to see him because Mickey was lying in a hospital bed dying of liver failure. After spending a few days in Dallas, uh, Bobby was preparing to come home to South Carolina, but he got an early morning phone call from Mickey, and he said, Bobby, I'm really hurting. And so Bobby had a prayer with him over the phone, and then after they uh, said their goodbyes, he got ready to continue packing to come back to South Carolina. Well, not long after that, on that same day, he got another phone call saying that Mickey had taken a turn for the worse. Well, Bobby immediately went to the hospital thinking, I really need to be bold because I want Mickey to spend eternity in heaven. Well, when he got to the hospital, Mickey had a big smile on his face. Didn't seem to be hurting. And um, he said, come over here, Bobby. I, I want to tell you, I can't wait to tell you something. He said, I want you to know I'm a Christian. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Well, Bobby was a little skeptical, but uh, he said they talked a little bit and cried a little bit, and then uh, Bobby said, Mickey, let me go over with this with you just a little bit to make sure you understand. So he did. Well, not too long after that, Mickey Mantle died, but he died a Christian, and Bobby Richardson today, like I said, lives in Sumter, South Carolina, and continues to go around to speak to people about his commitment to Jesus Christ. Now, I told you that story so you could see that at one time, I felt like Mickey Mantle was a great role model. And then, when you read or hear this story, who do you really think was the true role model? Emma? Bobby Richardson, that's correct. I know that as a young person, um, it's popular to have role models who are either famous singers or movie stars or celebrities or sports stars. Um, but I would tell you that you don't have to go to the movies or you don't have to watch American Idol on TV or go to a ball game to find a hero or a role model. There are role models all around us. <clears throat> you not, may not think so, but when you get older, you're going to find out that your parents, your teachers, coaches, and even some of your friends were good role models growing up. And I know at your age it's difficult to identify with us older folks as role models. Um, so I'm going to ask Leanna Morris to come up here, and she's gonna, I'm going to ask her a few questions about some things she's done. Now, while she's on her way up here, um, let me tell you, you, I think all of y'all know, but Leanna, for the last three months or so, has been raising money for Samaritan's Purse, which is a Christ-based 
organization um, that's run by Franklin Graham. And let me ask you, Leanna, um, why did you decide to do that? Oh, gosh, yes. Tough questions. Um, I don't know why I decided to do it. I just felt like I needed to. Um, well, let me ask you this. What's the money going to be used for? To build a church for people who can't afford to have one, like a nice one like ours. Okay. Well, let me ask you the big question, and that is, how much money have you raised? $25,000. Well, a little over 25000 Okay. That's great. Let's give Leanna a hand. <laughs> and you're still raising money, aren't you? Okay. Okay. All right. She didn't know I was going to ask her up here, I don't think. So um, thank you very much for coming up here. Um, when all is said and done, uh, it's ordinary people like Leanna that do extraordinary things. Um, and those are the people that need to be our role models. Um, in the meantime, um, you all have the potential to be role models as well for your friends and for other people. And I think you can identify more with Leanna than you can with some others because she's closer to your age. And when you stop and think about what she did, it's really amazing that she could do that. Um, but I want to remind you of the most important role model that we have. And that's the man up here on the stained glass window, Jesus Christ. Peter tells us, that because Christ suffered for you, for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And Peter then goes on to say that he committed no sin and no, no deceit was found in his mouth. In other words, he was perfect in every way and never said anything bad about anybody else. So I hope in the week to come that you'll do everything in your power to be just as perfect as you can. Let us pray. Father God, help us all to hold up Jesus as our role model. Amen. Our first scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. <coughs> Excuse me. It is found on page 1692. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Word of God for the people of God. Before we, as we come to this time of prayer, I do want you to uh, be aware that one of our members of our congregation was injured in Afghanistan, Brett Clay Camp, and we want you to pray for him. He is on his way to uh, Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, so please pray for him and his family. Uh, let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh Lord, we have come to this Pentecost Sunday, this day in which you birthed your church with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are amazed at what 11 individuals and those that they touched did uh, in all that's been done by those who followed them through the centuries to bring us to this place and time. We praise you, O Lord, for the gift of the Spirit that is still with us so that we're not alone. But if we pray to you, O Lord, for our desires and our needs and, and for other people, we know we must still confess before we come before your throne. And so we confess this day, both individually and collectively as a church, we confess that even though you opened your hand and you filled us with plenty, we have often held our hands closed and grasped things to ourselves and not shared them. And when we do that, we shut out further blessings that could flow from you to us and to others. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you'd forgive us, that you'd give us a spirit that is always open to taking your word into the world that with a spirit that will help us to always see that what we do here is not about our own personal preference or comfort, but what we do here is together and to be energized by your spirit to go forth in the world and to be role models for others and to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. Your spirit did free us from fear of sin and death, and we praise you this day for that. We also know that your spirit is a healing spirit. And so we pray, O oh God, to, for healing for all those that are printed in our prayer uh, bulletin, all those that we know uh, of that are in our hearts that we pause and say their names now. We pray especially for anyone anywhere this day, O oh Lord, within our families, within our church, our community, that are suffering from body, mind, or spirit. And we pray, O oh God, that your hand would be with them, that you would do what is needed in their life, and that you would help us to accept your good and perfect will. Hear us, O oh God, as we sing your praises this day. For we pray in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let our ushers come forward as we continue worshiping with our giving.
Please be seated. Before Jesus went to the cross, he offered many promises to his disciples. And one of them is what I read to you today from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning at 25 through 27. Jesus said, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your promised gift of the Holy Spirit, which occurred after you ascended into heaven. Ten days later, the disciples were together and they got the gifts that they needed to carry this gospel through the world. And that same Holy Spirit is still with us. And we pray and thank you, O Lord, that we're never left alone through that power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for guiding us here this day, for guiding us in this message. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, it seemed to me like a day that's the birthday of the church. And I think we should do this next year, since we didn't do it this year. We want to have a birthday celebration. We all wear red. I, I, I actually wore a red tie today, and I got, we got our red stuff up here. And we ought to have a little birthday uh, reception after the service. We could do it over here under the canopy. We could have red cupcakes, cupcakes with red icing, and some red punch. Now, one of y'all think about it, and by this time next year, I hope it comes about, because we need to celebrate more the, this wonderful gift, because it's the Holy Spirit. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how much I wish that we could have been blessed to have lived and walked with Jesus around the Galilee, but no, we live in these later times. In these later days, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity that helps us and affects us and we feel one children's sermon one time, and y'all who do children's sermon, I, this is what you should do next Pentecost Sunday. Get some balloons, okay, and, t and remind the children that the Holy Spirit, when you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you can soar. And you blow up them balloons, and you let them go, and you watch them soar. But when you don't have this Holy Spirit, you just you can't do much, right? So it's the Holy Spirit. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And you can experience it, and it's important for us to remind ourselves this gift that God gave us. It's also a good time for us to remember, once more, why the church exists. The church exists for one and one only reason, and sometimes in our day, we kind of miss this. We get sidetracked, but we exist for one thing and one thing only, and that's Jesus Christ and to carry Jesus Christ to others, to the world. That's the reason of our mission. And we have all the resources we need, and we have the responsibility to do it. You know, there's a lot of people today who say that what you believe doesn't really matter. Well, I totally disagree with that. Because what you believe affects the way you act. And I think it's important for us just to go back to the basics and talk about what it is we believe. I believe that you'll never find a better system of ethics or a way to live your life than what was presented on the Sermon on the Mount. If we want to solve any of our problems, we just need to go back to that sermon that Jesus delivered and listen and learn those basic lessons. 
I believe that Jesus experienced everything that we've experienced, so he's a ready help and a person who understands us. I believe that when he died, he paid the debt for our sins. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he ascended into heaven, and I believe he's coming back. And I think that we are compelled by the love that we have for Jesus Christ to make sure we are true to our mission. You know, there's a principle in the Bible that says God never asks us to do something, but what he enables us to do it. Our resource is this same thing that we've been talking about all morning, the Holy Spirit. Think about 11 people in a backwaters area of the world being able, through their faith, in this promised Holy Spirit and they're receiving of it and acting upon it to today when there's over two billion people who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That task alone proves the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a story in the book of Acts where Peter and John are walking by this guy who's uh, lame, but he's begging for money. And they say, I don't have any money, but we'll give you Jesus Christ. And the very talking and speaking of the word Jesus Christ, this man was able to be cured. Well, the authorities didn't like that. And so they called them in to question them, and they said, by what name or power do you have that allows you to do this? And they said, it's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands healed. Now, the next verse is the one that's interesting to me, even more interesting than those. Verse 13 says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they, the authorities, realized that they were ordinary people. And they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, that's the difference. That's the point. These ordinary people have been filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And when that happens, they can do extraordinary things. Nothing is impossible with God when we recognize that our resource is the power of God. There's a true story, interesting story, by Christian Arthur Tony Campolo. Some of you may have read some of his work. And he's kind of an outspoken character. Uh, he, he's a very courageous person. And he was speaking to a women's meeting. And, in, and before he was introduced, the, the president of the, of the women said to him uh, that uh, Dr. Campolo, Reverend Campolo, can, would you pray, play, uh, pray for us, please? We have a missionary who's in need of $4,000, and we want you to pray that his needs will be met, uh, uh, the resources will be found, blah, blah, blah. Well, Tawny says, no. I, and when she, she said, will you pray for us? Tawny says, no. She says, I beg your pardon. He says, nope, I won't pray for that. He said, I believe God's already given the resources and all we have to do is step up to the plate and hand them over. He says, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk up to this table up here and I'm going to take the cash that's in my pocket and I'm going to lay it down. And all of you, if you'll do the same thing, I think God will have provided the resources. Well, the president of the organization, she chuckled. She says, oh, I understand the point you're trying to make, Reverend. We, we, we understand you're trying to teach us that we all need to give sacrificially. He said, nope, that's not what I'm trying to teach you at all. I'm trying to teach you that God has already provided for this missionary. And with that, he walked up, pulled out his wallet, and laid everything down on the table. And he pointed it to the, the head lady. 
Well, reluctantly, she walked up and pulled out what she had in her purse. And then one by one, every member of the organization, some a little not as happy as the others, okay, walked up and took their money out, some of them begrudgingly, I could just see it, and put their money on the table. And when the money was counted, they had collected not one dollar more, not one dollar less, but to the penny, exactly what she had expressed when she read the letter for the need. And, and the reverend said then to them, he said, now here's the lesson. God always supplies our needs. And he supplied for this missionary. The problem was we were keeping it to ourselves. He said, let us pray to God now and thank him for his provision. Friends, our resource is the Holy Spirit. And I believe with all my heart that God has given everything that the church needs, whether it's called memorial or whatever it's called, that God has given it everything it needs to accomplish the mission God puts before it in the place and time that, it, that they're there. God has given each of us spiritual gifts. I'm going to talk about that in a future sermon. It was come up as a sermon suggestion. He's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us financial resources. He's given us everything we need, minds, bodies, spirits, everything we need to do the work God has called us to do. All we have to do is take our responsibility seriously. To be serious about our faith means to risk in faith. And we are the ones responsible to take risk in faith. No one else is going to do it for us. We have to always be thinking how we can take a risk in faith to bring more people to know the love of God as found in Jesus Christ. Let me finish with this story that's found in 2 Kings. That's in the Old Testament. That's the place a lot of us don't go. Sounds confusing. The stories are hard to understand. But in chapter 6 and 7 of 2 Kings, there's a story about a king who is besieging the city of Samaria. And the people are starving. It's a terrible situation. And chapter 7 tells us that there are four lepers who are, in that, who are there in the vicinity and who are debating what to do. One of them says, well, we could surrender. If we surrender, you know, we might get fed. If we don't surrender, the enemy's going to kill us. So maybe we should surrender so we can get something to eat. And we'd be better off than we are now. So that was the reasoning, how their reasoning went. And guess what? That's what they decided to do. So they head to the camp of the opposing army to surrender. But in the meantime, the Bible tells us that God had caused the king and all of his army to hear the sound of hoofbeats and rolling chariots of a mighty army coming. They, they thought they heard someone coming to rescue the city. And it sounded like it was a bigger army than they had. So frightened, they decided to withdraw from their camp, encampment and flee. The city doesn't know this, what has happened. These four lepers don't know what's happened. They walk into camp to surrender. They look around, there's nobody there. So they start going into tents, looking for someone to surrender to. 
They don't see any of the enemy, but they start seeing tables of food, stuff that was just left, gold and silver and, and goods that were left as the, this group left in a haste. And so they start gorging themselves with food, and then they start, you know, packing up silver and gold and stuff and, and heading out to the edges of the camp and hiding it. You know, because they still don't think that, they think, you know, they're just over, they must be over the next uh, 10 or something. There's, somebody's going to get us. You know, you, you know how people think. They're going to get me, so I better hide it. <laughs> now, suddenly there's this wonderful verse, and this is the point. Chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Then they said to each other, We're not doing right. This is a day of good news. And we're keeping it to ourselves. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. And so they run back to the city and they tell the people the good news. And the starving people in the whole town heads out and they come and they come to the camp. It's now absent soldiers and they're fed. They're satisfied. And the victory is theirs, saith the Lord. You see, my friends, it's a day of good news, and it's wrong for us to keep it to ourselves, but we're often like those inside that city. We feel besieged. We feel that God has forgotten us. We feel like there's no hope, and there God had provided. And it took a couple of hapless characters to discover it, but the thing is, this is a day of good news. And we got to tell somebody else. The mission of the church is to tell the world that this is a day of good news. Every Sunday is, re, is a day of good news because we come here to hear again that our Christ is risen. And our Christ will come again. And it's the power of our Christ through the Holy Spirit that enables us to leave from this place and to take the good news to the world. So this Pentecost Sunday, I hope you think of Pentecost differently, and by next year, Pentecost is going to be a big celebration. I'm counting on it. Remember, the birth of the church, the birth of Christ's holy church, the mission has not changed. Our resource is still present with us. Our generation has the responsibility to make sure it's carried out. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Remember the compromise will be in the back for you to greet them officially. May the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, may those blessings be yours this day, each day.